0: Uh, speak on uh, Foundation Foundation Counts. That's the way uh, I titled the message. Father, I just ask that you speak to us tonight and help us to, to grow in your grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. I titled this message at Foundation Counts. Uh, Because everything that God does starts with a foundation. Every area of life has a foundation. And as goes the foundation, that's the way that house is going to go. So foundation is so important and I want to talk about foundation. In uh, Psalm 11, verse 3, the Bible says, If the foundations are destroyed... What can the righteous do if the foundations are destroyed? Notice, not the foundation. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? So you can't do anything even if you're righteous before God. You can't do much with God. God can't do much with you if the foundation has been destroyed. So we'd like to know what foundation, what God is talking about here. What does God mean by foundation? now if you read in uh, Matthew chapter 7 actually we've talked about these the saints of Christ uh, beginning from Matthew chapter 5 chapter 6 and chapter 7 Jesus gave us his saints and then when he finished his saints he concluded the message by saying everyone who hears these saints of mine and does them I will liken that person to a wise man who built." His house on the rock. So the rock is the place to put in your foundation. Jesus is that rock. But you have to build your foundation, the foundation of your life on that rock, so that you have a firm foundation and your life can grow from that foundation. You can build on sand. That's what you know in the world, what you've gathered from the world, the things of the world, the wisdom, the worldly wisdom, you can build your life on that but remember Jesus said where you build your foundation will count when trials and troubles of life come. The God allows His rain to fall on the just and the unjust. So it's gonna come, rain is gonna fall upon every life but your foundation, the foundation that you build will determine how your life turns. So what is our foundation as believers? 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 it says, Nevertheless the solid foundation of God stands. So God has a solid foundation having a seal. There is a seal to God's foundation and it say, tells us what this seal is The Lord knows those who are His. That's the foundation that stands sure. That's the solid foundation. God knows those who are His. And I've been saying it here over and over again, that it's not a question of whether you say you know God. It's a question of whether He knows you. And him knowing you depends on what you decide, where you want to build your foundation. On him, if you build on him, he'll know you. If you build on something else, he doesn't know you. You can claim to know you, but he doesn't have knowledge of you. He knows everyone in the world, but intimately he doesn't know you. So he says, the nevertheless, the solid foundation of God's Of God's stands, having this seal. This is the seal of God's foundation. The Lord knows those who are his. He knows. And then he says. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Everyone who names the name of Christ. Let them depart from iniquity. Basically, that's the foundation. The foundation of Christianity, the foundation is actually righteousness. That's what Jesus came to give to us. His right standing with God. Righteousness with God. That is where everything stands. You having a right standing with God, that is the foundation. And we're going to be talking later, I believe we have some time that uh, it's explaining even more about this foundation of righteousness, that you can actually have righteousness with God and make a decision to be on the other side of it. Oh, <laughs> And don't reap the benefits of your salvation. Now there are four ministry dimensions that strengthens the foundation of your Christian life or your relationship with God and you can find find that in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17. It tells us all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, For instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, we have first doctrine. Doctrine is so important. The doctrine you are given from the time you accepted Christ. If it's faulty, God have mercy on you. And, and, and if you don't correct it, and God will give you opportunities in life to make sure you correct it, because if you don't have that opportunity to follow biblical doctrine, it will affect how you behave. It will affect the things you accept. It will accept. It will affect your arguments of, about faith. It will affect your life. It will affect your Bible study. It will affect your church attenders. It will affect them. And you will be comfortable when you are even doing things that are not right. And it's not, there's nothing you can do about it. You've been taken. That's why Jesus said, watch how you hear. Not everything that you hear is the right thing. Now, Um, Romans chapter 6 verse 17 says, God be thanked that you were slaves or servants of sin. You were slaves of sin, but you have believed, yet you have believed from the heart, that form of doctrine that was delivered you. And now that you have been made free from sin... Can you put that scripture up please that's romans chapter 6 verse 17 the form of doctrine that you receive is so important because it's the form of doctrine that you receive not just doctrine it's all kinds of doctrine but the doctrine that paul delivered to the romans he said you received that form of doctrine that was able to make you free that trans- transformed you from being a slave of sin into a slave of righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, that says you are no longer slaves of sin. You see, a slave doesn't have a choice. You do what your master tells you to do. And if, you don't have, if you're a slave of sin, you have no choice. You just do the things that he wants you to do. You're a servant. You're a slave. A slave will obey his master. if you don't, you're going to die for it. But he says you were, that means you are no longer because you obeyed from the heart, not from your head. You obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine that was delivered to you. So the form of doctrine that's delivered to you is very, very important. That's what will strengthen your foundation in Christ. Otherwise, you have all kinds of reasons why you can't do what God tells you to do. or even do. you know that that's the right thing to do. Or you can have reasons why, you know, you're doing something that you know is completely wrong. But you can justify it and feel good. It just not you. Yeah. The form of doctrine is so important. Uh, my friend Tim because calls it first truth. So important. He grip your life is very hard to change unless you are really hungry you know hungry for what is right and god knows that's why he says in matthew chapter 5 blessed are they, are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled if you hunger and thirst for what is right god will then bring you to that place where the form of doctrine To fill your hunger, he's delivered to you, and then you find freedom. Because you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's what Jesus said. It's the truth that makes you free. But once you don't receive the word of God, sometimes the word word of truth is delivered to you, but your heart is not willing to accept it. And that's also a problem. It's the wayside heart or the heart among thorns, or the heart stony ground. So the form of doctrine that is delivered to you is so important. A doctrine can bring fear into your life. And you're not supposed to be afraid. (laughs) I used to be very afraid, but because of all the things I was taught. And some of of those things were, were scary. But when I found out the truth, even though I knew those things were still scary, I had no fear anymore. Because I knew I have the truth and the truth will deliver me and has delivered. So that's the thing. Doctrine is so important. And Jesus said, try my doctrine. If you try my doctrine, you will know I'm not speaking of myself. My doctrine is from heaven because they said, how did he get, how did he get all this knowledge? He says, my doctrine is not mine. He came from heaven. You try my doctrine and you see. So doctrine is so so important thank god we have the bible amen so you can study the doctrine for yourself you know the borean christians were considered uh more noble than the rest of them because they searched the scriptures uh, checking paul out to see if what paul was saying was right in the scriptures and because they did that god blessed them greatly You just don't accept what anyone says unless you can check it from the scriptures. You only have one life to live. And if you allow some untruth to come into your life, it's going to affect you. I've dealt with Christians that argue about all. You can show them from the scriptures. It doesn't matter to them. They can excuse it and move on with what they're doing, even though it will damn their souls. Any doctrine that gives them to do something that I not feel bad, God, I tell you. No matter how they argue it, a doctrine that makes you feel well, then it's not that bad. You are mocking a sin. If I say fools mock at sin, and once a doctrine comes, you're going to relax. Any doctrine that says it doesn't matter, I can relax. God understands. Believe me, it's not coming from God something is and if you buy into it before long your life is changed and nobody can do anything about it. The preacher can preach until he's blue in the face. Now, kid, <laughs> He just won't do a thing because your heart is not ready anymore. Your heart is hardened. This is, is a really serious race. I look at my life from the time I was saved to today and see what we were doing, and what Christians are doing today, and I'm wondering what's really going on, but the Bible has already made it clear, we are it's the love of many with was cold, so when they don't care, and they're living the way they like, they don't go near God, and they still feel that God is still okay with them, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and they still feel good about their relationships with God, <laughs> uh, you wonder, maybe I should relax, maybe I'm overdoing it. Don't go there. Don't go there. Because the disciples asked Jesus, are there few that will be saved? Do you remember that? And Jesus said, you know, take heed to yourself. This is serious business. Life is just too short. Too short. It's just too short. I think you stay focused on your God, but there is benefit in serving God when you lay the right foundation there's reproof reproof that's another ministry dimension that christians don't want these days they don't want anybody telling them that what they're doing is wrong they leave your church after you do that they're in somewhere else and the pastor doesn't want them to leave <laughs> especially if you are <they're> wealthy <laughs> <laughs> but thank God in our church we have prayed the wealthy to be out please go we don't need your money and we won't come short because you're living I've actually asked God please tell him to go let him find another place where he can do that stuff let him go and they said we're living I said thank you Jesus they can go doesn't matter to me it's not about money or number. It's about numbers and it's also about money. We need money to do ministry, but I'm not going to do that just because somebody has wealth and he can actually, and he's going to have, his life is going to affect others because they see him doing stuff and he's not going to be challenged. No, he can live. That's just the way it is. This thing is serious. I mean, think about that. Was just a few people here today. They Jesus went through a lot to make this happen for us. He went through a lot. It was serious business for him. He was raised as a lamb. He knew he was going to be sacrificed for us. And if he took that time to do all of this and we don't have time for him because of whatever we think we're doing that's so important and we forget his words, about the master having a feast, a marriage feast, and asking those that were invited to come. And they wouldn't come because they all had good excuses why they wouldn't go. And then he got mad. And said, I'm not, none of those people will taste of my stuff. You, you go get them from the streets. These are scriptures that should make us wake up. Instead of just lay back and continue to do things uh, that are not right. So there's reproof, a rebuke, tell them off. That's what that means. And it's a ministry dimension that should help the saints to instruct them in the way of righteousness. You know, there's that. And there is correction. That's not rebuke. It's correction. Brother, no, 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 that's not right. He says, really? I didn't know that. That's correction. And they say, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. And they go out. You can correct them. And then there is instruction in righteousness. Why instruction in righteousness? Because righteousness profits. There is a lot of gain in righteousness. The greatest gift for a man on earth is peace. Just to have peace. You know how Michael Jackson died, right? All he needed was some sleep, right? Just sleep. Wealthy, as he can be he can you know you could do whatever but troubled just sleep what you take for granted he had to have all these drugs until he died. Peace that Jesus said I'll give to you not like the world gives. My peace is from heaven. It's what, you know, doing it, throwing everything aside just to have that peace. But the word peace is actually shalom, which means God, you being complete in every area of life. He takes care of you in every area of life, your finances, your family, everything that concerns your life, He takes care of. Instruction in righteousness. We need instruction in righteousness. Because righteousness is profitable in every respect. It's very profitable. You know, sin is the mother of poverty. Sin is the mother of poverty. When God said Adam, because that's the language we understand we want to have. When God created Adam, God put him in a garden, right? And he was doing very well. Everything was there. He had peace. He communicated with God. Everything was there for him. And it wasn't the apple that caused him the problem. The apple was there, I don't know, for many years. He deci- it was sin that drove him from the land of plenty into the wilderness. You've sin notice what God did there was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil he could have eaten from the tree of life in fact God drove him out of that place because there was a chance he would go take from the tree of life and then sin will remain forever and God says you can't be here sin can actually strip a man naked and that's what it did to Adam Adam was doing very well and then he heard the voice of God after he ate the, the, from the tree. And he was hiding. And he says, I'm naked. When God said, where are you? This was a man that had everything, clothed with glory. And sin took, stripped him of everything. And we we're still reaping the consequence of that today. Sin is deadly. It's the murder of evil that comes to everybody's life sickness disease whatever you call it death poverty all of it all in this one evil stuff that's why the bible says let everyone the foundation of god stands sure having this one seal god knows those who are his and everyone who names the name of christ departs from iniquity stay away from it if you name the name of christ Follow the instruction of righteousness so that peace, prosperity can come into your life. Let me read this scripture here. Psalm 112 verse 1 through 3. Praise the Lord. Bless is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. In other words, you have Delight in his commandment, but you have a strong delight for God's word. That's why you're here tonight, amen? There's a great delight. God says a person like that is blessed. His descendants will be mighty on the land. You know, many of us, we're only thinking about our life today. And we're struggling so hard just to gather and everything. and, and, And you forget about the generation after you. What are they going to look look like? What would they be? I think on that a lot. It's very important to me. I don't know when Jesus is going to come. You can have a man who is doing so well, then he has kids, and then the kids go nuts after he's gone. Everything that he's gone, everything he gathered, is all just scattered and wasted. And before long, he's, he's totally forgotten. What's going to happen to your kids when you're gone? If you have love for righteousness and you walk in righteousness, God has guaranteed that your descendants will be mighty on the earth. And He cannot lie. The Bible says the scriptures cannot be broken. If you want to leave a legacy, this is the legacy to live with them. That's sure. It's a sure foundation for them. After you are gone, God will protect it just like He protected. Uh, abraham's legacy and blessed isaac and after isaac he blessed jacob and after you got the rest of them including joseph he won't let go blessed is that man but blessed when you fear god when you don't fear god then you make excuses for sin and you mock a sin and make just do whatever you like His descendants will be mighty on the earth and the generation of the upright will be blessed. These are promises from God. The generations, God will continue to bless them. It's not just about you. What about your children after you? You're thinking about that? Are they going to be criminals? Wind up in prison? Haven't you seen that on the earth? Do you ever think about them? Or it's all about you. If it's not about you, then you find your place. You know, I guess we need the whole church here. You guys are good to be here tonight. But a lot of people don't think on things, things like this. They, 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 are, they are very, you know, into what's happening right now. I'm going to get off my notes a bit. Let me say you this. There is pleasure for a season. And then there is eternal pleasure. Moses decided he didn't want anything to do with pleasure that lasts for just for for a while. He wanted eternal pleasure. And God tells us that, that, that that exists also for the children of God. But God says in Isaiah chapter 3 verse 10, Say to the righteous that it shall be well with them. Even if it's not going well with you and you're doing what is right, before god or you turn your back on sin and you decide i'm going to do right god says it will be well it may take some time they may wonder whether how you will turn out but if you're following god and doing what god tells you to do it will eventually be well they'll know that it's god that's done it and you know you can suffer for five years or ten years and uh, following God with your heart, whole heart. And God, two months, and change your whole circumstance around. Just two months. They saw you last year, now they're seeing you, they don't know what happened. Where did you get, how did you get here, what's happening? Your life is now together, your kids doing well, everybody's sane in their home, not crazy. Just doing what is right. And they feel blessed. Only God can do something like, say to the righteous, it shall be well with them. For they shall eat the fruit of their labor. You know, there is with God, within and without. Within and without. In Revelation chapter 22, it tells us this. Uh, verse 15, uh, beginning from verse 14. Blessed are those who do his commandments, this is revelation, that they may have the right to the tree of life. You remember we talked about the tree of life? They will have right to go to that tree of life. The tree of life is that abundant life, the life of God, the zoe life that God is giving to his children he says, "Blessed are those who keep His commandments." This is New Testament now. Keep His commandments that they may have; they are blessed so that they can have the right to that tree of life that God put a sword over, a flaming sword over, and said, "Adam, you've sinned; you're not coming." God says, "I want them to have that, and that they may enter, uh, enter through the gates into the city, that's the city of God, but outside, so that's within." Without, outside are dogs, and sorcerers, and sexually uh, immoral, and murderers, and idolaters, and whoever loves and practice a lie. They are without. It's within, and we also have those who are without. You know, he said dogs outside. Now, dogs represent people who don't know God. Not the canine. Dog. This people God called dog with sorceress and all of that. So we got two classes of dogs and we share that. We have one class of dog that just what we all believe unbelievers, people who don't accept Christ. And then we have another class of dogs, Christians who are not following God, who are not doing what God wants them to do. Let me share this scripture with you. Second uh, uh, Peter chapter 2. And this is what I'm seeing. We're seeing this in the church a lot these days. But for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and uh, Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, they again uh, are entangled in them and are overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of what? The way of righteousness. So you hear Christians talking about once saved, always saved. Here, this scripture is saying when you go back and you begin to get yourself entangled in things that God delivered you from, from the very start, it were better for you. He will be okay if you didn't have Christ. That's what he's saying. You have now placed yourself in a more dangerous place by receiving Christ and going back to. The that he delivered you from so you got christians that go out i mean i don't know how god judges it, but i know that he really brings up brings the name of god down the way the way people are blessing when when they see you going out and you're buying the uh, you know uh six pack and you're walking away from it and they see you and you're doing all kinds of stuff and maybe god delivered if you if you have never been delivered and you are in deliverance for me, it, then it's okay. But to deliberately keep going back to those things that you know are wrong, you're really putting yourself in danger. Yeah. Serious danger. better for you if you didn't know Christ. I wish the old church was here today. I'd probably go back to it again. It's better for you. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But as it has happened to them, it's already happened to them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own for meat. So the Christians, when you go back, God considers you that. and you're like a swine. Now one thing about it is this, the fear of the Lord is so important. You see, God has his ways and his ways are the ways of prosperity, his ways are the ways of peace. And God is a God that he, he puts himself and surrounds himself with secrets and he wants you to get into the secret but then he has conditions for you to get to the secret god has a lot of secrets mark i believe is mark uh, chapter 4 verse 11 says tells us there unto you has been given to know these mysteries of the kingdom but to those again those who are without he says everything is in parable form they can understand it and the bible tells us the secret of the Lord is with those that fear him you cannot come in contact with God's secret if you don't fear God. He's not going to reveal them to you. i like to read the scripture here. Psalm 25 verse 12. Who is the man that fears the Lord? He, shall, he Him shall he teach in the way he does. God chooses. If you fear God. God will begin to explain to you. This is the way I want you to walk. And guess what? That's the way that is. Uh, that will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey. He will teach you how to do that. God is saying, who is that fellow who fears him? Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he, God, chooses. Not your own choice because, I mean, you know what it is? If you're traveling, you're, you're going around, you know, bends and all of that, you don't see what's ahead. If you are way up there, you can see everything. And God is way up there. He sees everything. He knows the end from the the beginning. He will now show you, you don't need to go this, that's too long. You go past this way. This is the way of prosperity. It's the way of peace. Verse 14 of the same verse says, The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And he will show them his covenant. You know, that's a very strong word. God says he will show them his covenant. The covenant there is, when he begins to show you his covenant, you are standing just like Abraham stood. He's giving you a personal covenant between you and God, just like God gave to Abraham. And he says, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of your children. I'll make you wealthy. I'll make your name known. He will begin to reveal his covenant to you. That's an amazing thing. You see, God is a God who wants to make covenant with men. He made a covenant with Abraham, and David came under Abraham's covenant. And then, because of what David did, and because David loved God so much, God also, under Abraham's covenant, made another covenant with David. He revealed another covenant with David. And he said, I will never rebuke your son, no matter what he does. And there's not going to be a day that a king will not come from you. And that's Jesus. He gave him that covenant. And isn't that amazing? And here he is saying, the secret of the Lord belongs to them who fear him. And to those people, he reveals his covenant. The covenant of Abraham, the new covenant. Testament, new covenant, with promises that are better than that of the old. I wish we can understand these great promises. Abraham had it good, but we will have it if we understand his covenant gooder. okay? (laughs) Yeah. It's a good one. (laughs) If we understand this, and I'm being deliberate about that we have a better covenant he will reveal his covenant to us if we will follow through but if you follow the other way the bible says when you begin to go to sin the natural man uh, first corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 it says the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of god he can understand them cannot understand the covenant we need to read Romans chapter 8. It says, if you through the Spirit, you through the Spirit can actually modify the deeds of the body, you will have life. You have peace. Conditional, if you will. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life. And what we talked about, peace shalom when you become spiritually minded if everything you're thinking is all about doing what is wrong making excuses for what is wrong which things that i'm seeing these days and it's really frightening you're going to destroy yourself you are carnally minded you're going to die but the bible says if you through the spirit that you have you modify get a hold of yourself and do what is right, you will live. Because he says, We are debtors. He says, You are no longer a slave of sin, but a slave of righteousness. That's what the Bible tells us. Romans chapter 6. You were a slave of sin, but now you are a slave of righteousness. You obey righteousness. The only thing is righteousness is a benevolent master. and He let you do whatever you want to do. So we take advantage of that and do things that are not convenient for us. But if you are a, a, a servant and you serve righteousness, he's going to bless you, right? If you serve sin, sin will bless you. It may uh, uh, a harling is worthy of his labor. You walk for sin, sin will bless you with the reward. But if you walk for righteousness, righteousness will bless you with the reward. We are slaves of righteousness. Thank God, Moses was not willing to serve sin. Uh, but let me use the scriptures so now close with that. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23 it says by faith Moses when he was born was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child And they were not afraid of the king's command. 24, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin. Passing pleasure of sin, sin for a season. 16 Psalm 16 verse 11 you will show me the path of life in your presence is what fullness of joy at your right hand are what pleasures forever. So there's pleasure for a season and there is pleasure with God forever. You choose. Many people these days will choose that pleasure of sin, the little feeling he gives for a short while and then it brings death. It's only for a season. You can only enjoy it for a season. Even if God gives you seven years to enjoy sin, the pleasures of sin, he's still very short. He cuts your life short. But what about eternity? But there's no sin that lives just with pleasure. Always pain that accompanies it. A man that goes out and is unfaithful to his wife sees the pain he causes to his own life, his children, and his wife, and is very bitter. His life goes nowhere. He's reading with guilt, guilt and he can't stand himself. That's not the way to live. We should build a firm foundation as the scripture says the foundation of God stands. It has this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. I can't, his, I can't judge anybody mm-hmm. but I do know God knows his own so as a pastor i see people acting silly that's up to them i don't know if he is or not i can tell i can't do that he knows i want to make sure i am his i'm not going to follow what everyone is doing i'm going to make sure i spend some time praying before my god as he says to do i'm going to spend some time not because i'm a pastor i need to spend some time studying the scriptures I need to spend some time obeying him and being out in the streets, sharing with people. I can't be too dignified for that. I have to do some of these things. I have to humble myself. You have to become as children before God can promote you. Some of us, we are so, we're looking at ourselves and how we feel, how we get rejected. So we never tell anybody about him. where well, he's commanded us to go out. Because all of these things are parts of righteousness. That's been right, having a right standing with God. All of these things are important. You, you can't have a cafeteria type of, uh, of uh, righteousness where you, like the fellow said on Sunday, uh, the buffet type where you take what you want. <laughs> I like this, I don't like that. You take all of it and you live for your God. Amen. I'm preaching to the choir tonight. I'll probably pick this up another su- Sunday morning. And I hope that they don't think pastor is angry. Just sharing with people uh, what people need to know about our God. Have a firm foundation. Your foundation, let it be strong. Don't allow anything to weaken your foundation. Your righteousness must stand. And that goes with your testimony. Don't weaken your foundation by destroying your testimony. Because you can only overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. It is very important. You watch out for all of these things. You take care of your foundation. You make sure your testimony is good at all times. You live for God. Stand up with me tonight. all eyes closed tonight and uh, I, I just want to I know we're, possibly all of us are children of God here tonight but what? think about your life and think about him if he were here and he's standing with you today if he were to appear in your presence and stand with before you would you be uncomfortable would there be things in your life that you are holding on to, that you know without a doubt he wants you to let go. Are there things in your life he wants you to do, but you are still unwilling for whatever reason? The best thing to say, God, I don't understand it all. I I just, yes, Lord, I'm going to do whatever. Just show me what. Show me how. I will obey you. if we are willing and obedient we will eat of the good of the land the day which you serve tonight before God there is a reason and the others are not here but if God is speaking to your heart and you know that you need to draw closer to him and you need to make a stronger commitment to God about your Christian work would you just put your hand up and let's agree before God thank you Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tonight, what God demands is a humble heart. As we humble ourselves before Him and we say, God, I need you to help me. I want to be a true slave of righteousness. Say that in your heart to God tonight. I want to be. Help me, God, to be from a sincere heart. Make me a true slave of righteousness. I want to be a righteousness slave. I want to obey him. I want others to see a difference in my life and in my devotion to God. So I know, because Jesus rewards us openly so people can see what's going on. Let's make that commitment to him tonight. Father God, Here we are. We're so powerless without you. We can't do anything without you. You are our righteousness. We have none without you. We can't even take a step of righteousness without you. But Lord, we thank you that you are for us. And that you love us. And that you are so merciful. And that you will forgive us when we ask you to forgive us. That you will draw us closer when we ask you to. Father, tonight we ask that you draw us closer to you. If our hearts have become callous. If we've hardened our hearts in any way. Please have mercy upon us tonight. Have mercy, oh God. Have mercy. And Lord, cleanse us. And remove the blindness. Give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Fill our hearts with enthusiasm for our God. Let the world know through you, working in us, that we love you, God. Fill us with your love tonight. Jesus of Nazareth, our great God, our Savior. Show yourself mighty in our lives tonight help us to let go of the things of the world <sighs> the things that make us feel that we must we we really need to have these things or to do these things and to be involved in these things because they seem harmless but they are pulling us away from you lord we ask that you forgive us and open our eyes to see eternity Amen. and where how to walk help us not to make the wrong judgments help us to make the right decisions oh God we love you and we know that you love us and we know you will not let us go because of your love you will take us deep into the blood and cleanse us and make us whole and help us to reach others who are without Lord tonight we pray for our brothers and sisters who here and those that are without, oh God, Lord, who are struggling, but they really need help. We pray for them, oh God, that you will have mercy and have great compassion on them and send liberals and touch their hearts, soften your hearts, and draw them to you, Father. There's nothing that you cannot do. And he said, if we ask anything in your name, if it's according to your will, you'll do it. We know it is your will to soften their heart. We know it is your will to bring them back to the fold. We know it's your will to strengthen them and to fill them with joy and peace and love and and hunger for God. We pray for them that you would draw them closer to you. That again, their eyes will be opened and the love of God will well up in your hearts. Thank you, Father. We love you tonight, O oh God. Thank you for your great kindness. Manifest yourself to us, even in our sleep. Manifest yourself to us, in our minds, in our thoughts. Manifest yourself to us, in our words, and our devotion to you, God. Thank you for your love, in Jesus' name. And God's people said,